Welcome to The Readings Podcast, a celebration of books. I'm Nico Callaghan. Today's episode is a return to The Readings Kids Podcast. And for this edition, our kids specialist Angela Crocombe interviewed Anne Liang, author of last year's speculative young adult novel, If You Could See the Sun, and the imminently forthcoming This Time It's Real. It's nice to hear from an author as young and accomplished as Anne speak to her experience within the publishing industry. And her and Angela's conversation pertains to some practices and methods of engagement that people of all ages interested in submitting work to publishers and editors may find useful to hear about. I encourage you to listen. Here's Angela to introduce. Hi, Anne. Welcome. So nice to see you again. Thank you for coming and talking to the Teen Advisory Board. Oh, of course. Hi, everyone. It's nice to see you. So Anne is a graduate of Melbourne University, born in Beijing. She grew up travelling between China and Australia. And when she isn't writing, she can be found making overambitious to-do lists. I do that too. Binge-watching dramas and having profound conversations with her pet Labradoodle about who's a good dog. Is Will the Labradoodle come and visit us today? She's like on the other end of the house. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, maybe she won't. (laughs) So the Teen Advisory Board have all been given your novel, If You Could See the Sun, which was just published in December and it was in our readings catalogue and, yeah, we really loved it and we sold lots of copies of it. So I hope that it did really well for you and we'll, we'll continue to do so. And your second novel... This time it's real comes out what in a couple of weeks time yeah 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 really soon like three weeks in America that's just fantastic it's so amazing <laughs> very rare that an author would have kind of just a couple of months between books I know it's an incredibly short period of time in between like I didn't even realize until if you can see the sun came out and I was like oh my god like I need to start preparing for my next book (laughs) no that's great because I guess you can cross promote you know so I wanted to start by kind of asking about what you were like in high school and were you massively into books and were you writing a lot and who some of your favorite authors were yeah so oh my god in high school so I came to Australia like in year 10 so before that I was like living in China and then I feel like I kind of really got into writing like after I started at my new school, I think because like I was in a really encouraging kind of environment, like when we did writing exercises in English, like the teacher would be like, oh, you know, like this is really good. Like you'd share it with the class and everyone would also be like, everyone would just be really supportive. But at the same time, like I got really busy because obviously, you know, like VCE, you get really stressed. And so like originally I actually did have this idea of like, oh, like I really want to write a book in like year 12 and then year 12 started. And I was like, this is so over ambitious. Like there's no (laughs) way that was really kind of like put on the back burner. I mean, like I, like, I like reading, like, I really love reading, but I feel like I didn't have as much time as I wanted to like read in my spare time. So I think in like year 11, year 12, like mostly I was reading like the text studies, which were like nice, you know, but it's like, they're like, there are only a few texts that you can look at after high school or like kind of like the break between like high school and uni. That was when I really started to like get back into it again. 
And I remember, like, I'm trying to think of, like, the books that I was reading. I think I read, like, Six of Crows. And then I read, like, The Poppy War. I was kind of, like, yeah, like, getting into, like, YA and, like, fantasy and things like that. And that, like, really kind of, like, sparked my love for, like, writing again. Yeah, fantastic. So if you could see the sun, I wrote that, I think, in my second year of uni. And then um, this time it's real, I wrote it in my third year. And what were you studying at uni? So I did Bachelor of Arts at University of Melbourne, obviously. And then my major was media communications. And then my minor was in history. A lot of people, like, they ask, like, do you need, like, a creative writing degree in order to be an author? And, like, from personal experience, like, I really, like, I don't think so. Like, I know a lot of my author friends, they're literally, you know, they were, like, STEM students or they're, like, pre-med like it's just like any kind of degree really but they all ended up like in the same place because Mm. I feel like even if you're like taking creative writing in uni like it's not always really focused on like how to become an author or like the publishing industry per se like a lot of it is like about like the craft of writing but it's like if you want to you can also kind of like do that in your own time I would say with Bachelor of Arts like what was good about it was that it was really assignment focused, right? Like I didn't do a single exam throughout uni and like, I loved that. (laughs) Um, I didn't have to revise. I would finish all my assignments three weeks ahead of deadline. And then I would submit them like really early, sometimes too early. Like once I submitted an assignment and my professor literally emailed me and he was like, like, did you accidentally submit this? Cause he realized like, we're not supposed to be working on this right now, but it was like, I could get that out of the way. And then I had so much flexibility to just like dive into my books. So yeah, that was really nice. And so do you feel like that's how you develop your skills? You're, you know, you're a very talented writer. Was it just from actually writing stories? I mean, it's definitely different for everyone. For me, I found that like just reading um, and writing, like the practice of writing and then like reading and analyzing like what authors are doing, like how they're setting up a scene, like things like that Mm -hmm. were more helpful to me than like craft books about like the three-act structure. Like I found Mm -hmm. that like a bit too abstract to get into. And I think like you kind of naturally pick up things like if you're really reading a lot and then also it's like you know like if you want to be an author you have to eventually kind of be aware of like the market or like sort of you know like what kind of like story is like being well received or like you're that you're seeing a lot of like not saying that you should like chase trends some level of like awareness of it right like you can't Like, it's going to be very hard if you write a book that's sort of, like, in the style of a book that was written in, like, the 1980s. So, like, reading sort of, like, your contemporaries, like, that gives you a sense of, like, what books, like, these days look like. Because there are, like, quite a few changes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Obviously, you'd been writing for a couple of years during uni. And and then at what point did you decide that you wanted to sort of send them out into the world? And how did that whole process happen? Honestly, I was really scared of like sending it out and like showing it to anyone. I know like some authors, like they have sort of like critique partners or like they're in like writing groups. But honestly, I was so scared that like it was bad that I just refused to show anyone. So basically like nobody read my work. 
But at the same time, I was also like, you know, like I really want to get started on this because I just felt like if I didn't start looking into publishing in uni and then like, you know, I graduated, like I got like a full-time job, like life would just get busier and busier. Um, So I was like, you know, now's the time to do it. And also like this was in early 2020. So like there was like the pandemic, right? Everything was like so up in the air that Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm just going to like go for it. So then, yeah, like I started researching and it was literally just like, Google like I would be like how to get a book published and I would <laughs> go through like 10 search results and then like after a while you kind of like get the general sense you need to like query a literary agent and like that is almost like a separate skill set like how to write like a query letter like a book pitch because that's kind of like writing like a cover letter like when you're applying to jobs but it's like for your book and then how to prepare like sample chapters and things like that like there are all these requirements and also like even in terms of like how you should like format the manuscript so I was really kind of like teaching myself all of that and then I found around like I would say like around 20 literary agents that they represented clients who were also in the YA space or like authors that I really admired and like I made a list I made my little like spreadsheet and then I just emailed them like all at once and then I just I waited and I was like really, really nervous. Like I was probably like the most stressed I've ever been in my whole life. But yeah. (laughs) You chose to target agents in the US rather than Australia. Was that? I mean, honestly, like I wasn't even thinking that deeply into it, I guess, because I was starting from like, like what are some authors that like I hear about a lot? And then like some of the authors like it just happened to be that they were like based in the US and then like, you know, I went from there. So I wasn't really, I didn't really keep the location in mind. And then also, yeah, because like, I guess you hear a lot about like the US like publishing industry. I should give it a try, especially because like I found out that it doesn't really matter. Like, I mean, obviously there are a few differences if you're like international, like if, you know, I'm based in Australia, but overall they're like super flexible. And again, like a lot of authors, they like they're based in like in Europe and like, you know, the UK, like, yeah, it's, it's all pretty international. So how long did you have to wait to get a response from an agent? I was like really lucky. Um, it took six days, which is like wow. not long at all because <laughs> I mean like the times, like it really varies. Like I, you know, I've heard of people who I'm on one end, like there are people who have gotten a reply, like an offer within 24 hours, which is like insane. Yeah. 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 And then like on the other end, you know, like there are people who had to wait like a full year. So much of it is about like luck and timing. And I think because I sent it out, like during sort of that like lockdown period. um, Mm -hmm. And then a lot of agents were kind of like working at home and things were like a bit slower. Um, So I think that helped, but yeah. I was really relieved. And also like, I feel like if I was like in that stressed out state for any longer than a week, like that would not have been healthy. So you secured an agent and um, did the agent start pitching like two manuscripts at that time? So like first after you, like you get your agent, like a few agents got back to me and then like they all offered representation. So that was, I guess, kind of like my first really like look into publishing because I was essentially doing these calls that were almost like interviews and I had to like see which agent felt like 
they would be able to help me like in the long term with my career. And I would also listen to their like editorial feedback, like how, you know, they saw like how we would change the book. So I ended up with um, like Kathleen, who's like my current agent. And I love her. Like she's literally amazing. Like I don't even know how she does it. So she basically gave me like editorial notes pretty quickly um, because it this also differs between agents. But like for um, my agent, she's pretty hands-on. So she will tell you like, you know, like change this part of the plot, like strengthen like this character arc. There are some agents who like don't really do the editing side and they're just like purely like the selling side. So my agent and I, like we worked on the book together and that took like, that took a few months, I think, because there was like some back and forth and like she needed time to like read it and all. And then she compiled a list of editors that she felt was um, like right for the book. That was when I was introduced to this whole concept of like imprints. Like I didn't really know what that was, but then, you know, like every publisher has their own unique imprints and each imprint kind of like specializes in something different. So she basically, she came up with that list and then she gave it to me to sort of like approve. And then she was the one who like developed the pitch. And then, yeah. And then like we sent it out and I think we got like our first like official offer in around like two months or so. And that was like at the end of 2020. And so I can't remember if I'd already started working on this this time. It's real then. I don't think so. Like at that time we were just preoccupied with like that one book. And also like, I didn't tell my agent that I was working on anything else. Like this is the really annoying thing about me. Um, and I feel really bad for my age <laughs> because of it. It's that like, I don't tell her things like when I'm working on a book um, because I'm always like scared that if I like tell her too early and then she gets excited about the idea, but it's not like finished yet. You know, like once it's done, like I give it to her and then she's like, oh, this isn't what I had in mind. So usually I like, I waited until it was like a full polished manuscript and then I was like, you know, like surprise. <laughs> so like we, we strategized like from there and it didn't really, like it wasn't really connected to if you could see the sun. And then for this time, it's real. Like the, the whole submission process is also really different. Like the timeline also really varies similar to querying agents because like if you could see the sun, that took around like two months, right? But this time it's real. It took a week for it to sell. And it was also just like, like it was very exciting because like it went to auction and we had seven different publishers who were interested. So it was like that process mm-hmm. of like selling was like, it was less straightforward because then I had to like talk to um, all of the different editors. And because it happened so quickly, like I think that's why there's such like a short gap between my first and yeah. second. But yeah, so like they bought it. We were like, okay, then, you know, like it's it's pretty much done. Like, I guess we can just publish it um, after like we revise and everything. So yeah, that timeline has been like pretty smooth amazing just amazing (laughs) and have you um done lots of exciting publicity for the books or are you going to go over to the U.S.? I was considering going to the U.S. but I mean I like it here (laughs) like I'm not I'm not particularly like eager to like head over to um the U.S. right now and like they're like they're cool with it so um we've got like a few events but it's all like virtual um and I've got mm-hmm. because like I've also got like my like UK publisher so like my UK publisher has um like organized like 
a, like a virtual conference thing. Um, and then I've got my launch event um, with the Rip Bodice, which is like a romance bookstore in um, LA. Okay. And yeah, but then that's just going to be, it's going to be like noon for me. And yeah, it will all just be like over, I think like Facebook live or something. Yeah, that's great. Well, that's one of the great things about the pandemic, isn't it? That you, you yeah. know, this is perfectly normal to just exactly. kind of do it all virtually now. So uh, I guess both your novels are kind of romantic comedies and you have the the little sci-fi element of, of the first book. But it, do you think, is that your genre, do you think, uh, the romantic comedy? Or are you going to go off in other directions? I definitely have plans to go off into other directions um I think like with if you could see the sun I mean that already is sort of like it's not like a direct rom-com it's mm. kind of like a blend of many more genres right like you were saying like sci-fi like I've gotten like people have described it in basically every genre like I've had people call it a fantasy like a like a paranormal like a thriller romance contemporary just magic realism like everything yeah. so yeah. I think like <laughs> that kind of it, it kind of shows like my taste in that it's really just like varied so yeah like I'm definitely hoping um to look into like other genres and I mean that being said though like I love writing like romance whether it's like a direct like rom-com or mm-hmm. a romantic subplot so I think even yeah. if it were to write you know like a high fantasy or like a historical or something like there would still be like a like a romance element in it yeah yeah and do you definitely think that YA is is kind of your area you're going to keep writing in YA I think like I'll always write YA like even if I do move to like other age categories like I'll still continue writing YA like in addition to that because I mean like I really like I grew up with YA like I was like a teen during that initial kind of like YA boom like I remember being in like middle school or something. And then that was when like the Hunger Games, like Divergent and like all those books are coming yeah, out. Like yeah. everyone was like reading it together. <laughs> and then, yeah, so like that's just basically like what I was like reading growing up. And I think that really shapes like your writing and like your voice and your interests. And also it's just like a lot of fun. Like I just really enjoy mm-hmm. writing in this age category. Yeah, YA is fantastic. I thought it was really interesting that the the main characters in both your novels are kind of um, sort of a, a fish out of water. They're they're both sort of an, an outsider in in this um, school environment, and yeah, don't feel like they quite belong. And I wonder if that's a reflection of um, how you felt as a teenager in high school when you were kind of moving a lot and mm. traveling around. I know for me, like. Yeah, because I definitely, I moved around a lot. I think I went to, I don't know, like six different schools or something growing up. Um, So like there was like a lot of change. And so obviously like when you're new to a school, right? Like I think it's like really hard. Like, I mean, maybe some people are able to just do this really well. Like, I think it's really hard to just immediately like fit in and like slot into, you know, like that like social dynamic and like find Mm. your people. Like there's always, like an adjustment period, um, at least for me. So then I think, yeah, like that probably really informed those feelings because especially when you're new, like a lot of it is um, like, you're like observing, right? Like 
everyone knows things about each other and like you have to kind of like start from scratch and like you have to like figure out like these relationships because like nobody's going to give you like a a rundown of like everyone's like history and everyone's personality like you have to like suss that out on your own and so you know like being someone who was I guess like you know like observing things and then like you know like trying to find like the right people like I think yeah, like a lot of that does inform um like the characters in my books. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. yeah, like and there were also elements of like, for example, like Alice like being the only um like scholarship student, like mm-hmm. that was also like me. Like um I was the only one not in my school, but like in my year level who was on a scholarship um like at my Beijing International School. Yeah, but I think you capture it really well, that kind of that feeling that you have, because I, I grew up like that as well. I think I went to six different schools, so Oh yeah, especially when you're a teenager. Yeah, you feel so vulnerable and exposed already. Yeah, everybody stares at the new kid, right? All right, I might hand it over to these guys for some other questions. I know Bonnie May has got lots of questions for you and I'm hoping um, everyone else has as well. Uh, And then I'll ask some more questions at the end. Okay, sure. Ask away. I just want to say I really loved both of the books. They were just, I just love how you write like those specific tropes. What did you learn while writing if you could see the sun that helped you with this time it's real? That's a really good question. Mm. I think like in a way, um, and like this is something that you'll hear authors complain about a lot. And it's like, you would think that like the more books you write, the more experience you have and the easier it becomes. But unfortunately, it is not like that. Like every single book is different because you're working with like different characters, like different plot, and like you know, in this case, even like different genres. Um, so you're you're sort of like like learning the basics again. Um, but I guess for if you could see the sun, like I really valued the editorial notes that I got from like my agent and my editor. Um, so when they would say things like, oh, you know, like I think we can like strengthen the characters, like motivations here, or like we can heighten the stakes, like things like that, um, I would really like keep in mind um when I was writing this time is real. So hopefully there's like improvement. <laughs> so like what comes first for the plot or the characters and why I think like for me they kind of go um hand in hand so for example like if you could see the sun right like I I knew that I wanted to write about a girl who like monetizes her invisibility powers um and so like obviously that whole invisibility part like that's like the plot right like her stealing secrets and everything but then obviously like you have to be like well what kind of person would do that because you know if she was really like shy if she didn't really have like a lot of ambitions or whatever like she wouldn't resort to um those steps so like naturally from there I was like okay well then she has to be like really ambitious like you know she goes after what she wants like she's kind of morally gray and then even with like Henry you know, like that also was like part of the plot, I guess. Like I was thinking, well, like she needs someone to help her. Like she needs like an ally. Um, So it's kind of like as I'm developing the story, like it, it sort of happens simultaneously. And like characters are really important to me. And I think that like the kind of person um, that character is, like that informs their choices, which in turn like informs the plot. Like what inspired you while writing both of the books? I guess like, 
I'm always inspired by, I mean, obviously, like, as a writer, like, you'd be inspired by books, right? But I think I've always found, like, inspiration from, like, other mediums, other, like, art forms. I was listening to Taylor Swift when I was drafting. And then also, like, I mean, I watched, like, Gossip Girl when I was, like, teenager. I mean, I probably shouldn't have, like, looking back, I'm like, wow, I really watched that show when I was like 12. Like, that's really not great. But, you know, it happened. We can't undo the past. Um, and so I think that, like, that really, it's that kind of influence that I don't think I was, like, consciously, like, adding to the story. But then, like, those, like, ideas, like, that kind of, like, setting that was sort of, like, at the back of my mind. Yeah, like, Crazy Rich Asians, I think that was also, like, something that, like, people sometimes, like, um, compare it to. And, like, Crazy Rich Asians came out, I think, like, a year or two before I wrote this book. And then, like, I watched that. And, like, you know, that was a really great moment in terms of, you know, like, Asian representation and it having, like, an all-Asian cast. And I think that also gave me more confidence to like write that kind of like crazy rich setting um for my own books so yeah it it really does come from like many different places no I love that also just want to say congrats on if you could see the sun being optioned by bound entertainment I'm really excited to see Henry and Alice like be brought to life so I was wondering if this time it's real was to be adapted what actors would you have in mind I do kind of have like the ideal like cast in my mind because it's like set in Beijing right like I was definitely thinking of like c-drama actors so like for Eliza I was thinking of like Zhao Su, who's like this like popular kind of um like c-drama actor and I think she's got this very sort of like more of like this like cute like natural like girly kind of vibe and then for Kaz I mean because he's obviously a c-drama actor so it would make sense for him to be played by like an actress actor um I think oh there was like someone that like recently like a reader actually reached out to me and like she sent me this actor and I cannot remember his name but he was perfect and also like I really love it like readers are really doing so much work like people will be like oh my god like this is the perfect and I'm like like you're so right like I couldn't have found him myself I don't know I'll see if I can remember the name but he's also like I think he's like early 20s like he has that very kind of like cool like laid back look and I was like yeah like this is perfect like this would be cast. Yeah, I'm just so excited to see, because you're also executive producer. Are you able to tell us anything? I don't know how much I can say. I'm, like, always so scared. Like, that's, like, another thing about publishing. Like, you're sitting on, like, so many secrets, and it's, like, Mm -hmm. we can't, like, we're not allowed to. Like, sometimes it's even literally, like, written in our contracts. And so that's why, like, if you see, like, authors and, like, you know, they're like teasing things that, oh, like something exciting is coming. Like, I know it can be really annoying, but it's like, we have no other way. <laughs> so like, I will, I don't know. What can I say? Like, it's like a, an ongoing thing. Um, And if I ever do have updates, it would probably be a while before I could announce it. But like, I would definitely, you know, announce like as soon as possible. What's a significant way, like both of your books have changed since the first draft? The thing is that, like, I guess for Fugazi Sun, this time it's real. They, like, there haven't been any major structural changes. Like, that's actually the basically always, like, the first line of, like, my edit letter. Like, when my editor, like, comes to me with all her ideas. Like, it always be like, don't worry. Like, there are not going to be any, like, huge changes. Because I think, like, that's, like, a lot of authors 
like worst nightmare, like having to do a complete rewrite. So like, I'm, I'm lucky that I didn't have to like um, rewrite from scratch for, if you could see the sun, it's not like major, but we did actually end up like emphasizing the romance aspect of it. So there are some scenes with like Henry and Alice that like weren't there originally. And then my editor was like, I really love their chemistry. Like, could we have more of them? And I was like, oh my God, like, of course. Like, you know, it was like an excuse for me to like really like indulge in all of like the cute, like fluffy scenes. So I was like, yes, like, I'm more than happy to. And then I think this time it's real was also like strengthening certain things or like very small like logistical things or like what is like Kaz's like motivation um for helping Eliza like things like that but then again it didn't really like stray too much from like what was like originally there that's like also a line that really comes up a lot and like my edit letters they're always like oh like we just want to strengthen what's already on the page (laughs) and I guess like that's what we do when we revise. Thank you Bonnie Mae that's fantastic. Fantastic. Well, all the best with the publicity campaign for the second book. I hope that it's it's really successful and we think you are amazing and such a rising star and I'm just so glad that you are able to speak to us at the beginning of what is, I'm sure, going to be a phenomenal career. It was really lovely to see you guys. <laughs> And the Yangs, If You Could See the Sun, and This Time It's Real, are both available to order from Reading Specialised Kids Store in Carlton, where we have a wonderful assortment of other books, games, toys and puzzles for people of all ages. You'll also find Anne's two novels at our website, where you can stream previous episodes of the Readings Podcast, and you'll find all kinds of other recommendations for great books, music, film and TV. You can also sign up to e-news, or receive our free monthly newsletter, The Readings Monthly. The Readings Podcast is produced by me, Nico Kelly. The show's music is by Tom Hoskins. All episodes of this show are recorded and produced on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. I'd like to acknowledge traditional owners of this land and pay my earnest respects to elders past, present and those to come. Thank you for listening.